This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Boker Tov, how are you? Boker Tov, yes, we've had a, a, an eventful mm. week, and actually the week started with a lot of rain in Israel and um, heavy downpours and, and, and a lot of flooding. And people were quite concerned about what that might mean for our soldiers out in the field. Um, there were a lot of concerns about um, the situation that they will find themselves in. And so um, what uh, ultimately transpired was that um, it was interesting because the flooding apparently affected the Hamas side more than it affected the Israeli side um, because of the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And apparently a lot of water ran into the tunnels. There were reports of Hamas fighters running away from those tunnels as they filled up with water. And there were even some reports of Hamas fighters being drowned and as a result of being in the tunnels when the rain came down. So something of a miracle in terms of um, the way that the rain panned out, even though we were concerned about what it would do for our side. Ultimately, it seems to have worked out worse for their side rather than mm-hmm. ours, mm-hmm. at least from the reports that we've received. And just another snippet, um, the um, IDF yesterday took some international journalists into the tunnel complex under Sheep Hospital actually took some journalists into Gaza under the control, under the protection of the IDF to show them the tunnel complex um, that exists under the Shifa Hospital. And some of the video footage is just quite astonishing, even though we'd sort of prepared ourselves and we'd heard a lot about how extensive these tunnels are and how much investment in infrastructure has been put into the tunnels. Um, when you actually see it on camera, it's astonishing. It's genuinely astonishing. And there is a lot of video footage. So what, what are we available. seeing? Uh, what, uh, what are the types of things that we are seeing underground? Well, I mean, you know, like full bathroom complexes, and, you know, air conditioning units on the walls and lots and lots of wiring. So, so, so it's not um, haphazard. It's not that it's just a quick bunker. Uh, this is no. a proper built infrastructure. Oh, this is proper infrastructure that's been invested not only in terms of time but massive amounts of money. Think about having to construct all of that underground and how much time and effort it I just takes kept thinking money. about the money because all of these videos that I'm seeing the build is so expensive and so you look at the concrete reinforcement and you look at the the as you say the wiring and the equipment to keep this going it, it's it's quite unfathomable it is it really is and of course you know the money when you think about the money I mean, a lot of that is, is aid money that's been provided by international organizations, many of these who are shouting out about humanitarian assistance that needs to be provided and how 
um, humanitarian assistance is so important for Gaza. A lot of that humanitarian assistance has gone to build these tunnels. Mm, mm. It's it's just uh, remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Right, uh, Anthony, let's uh, let's just talk about uh, some of the the latest news. What has uh, what has been what has caused the delay for the hostage exchange? So originally, we thought that the first hostages were going to be released today. Late last night, it became apparent that it's not going to happen today. And the reason that we are being given for the delay is because apparently Hamas has not finally signed the agreement. Now, even though all the terms of the agreement apparently have been verbally agreed with the Qataris involved and with the Egyptians involved uh, and with the U.S. government also um, involved in the background to mediate um, the prisoner, the, the, the hostage exchange with the prisoners that are in Israeli prisons and also in exchange for a ceasefire that is now apparently delayed. It's not exactly clear why Hamas yesterday didn't put their signature on the agreement. And, and there is some speculation, some, some thoughts that I have, which is purely speculative and not, uh, not doesn't come from anywhere in particular, but I just wonder whether they are struggling to actually find the current situation with all of the hostages. Mm, that's what I was worried they, about. Yeah, that's exactly was my concern. And I was wondering if you were going to say this. Yeah, just where, whether they know where all the hostages are, whether they know what their current situation is, because it seems to have been very much spread out with so many different groups holding hostages in different areas. Nothing extremely well coordinated, even though Shifa Hospital seems to be the central kind of point for everything that happened until the IDF took control of that. And I just wonder whether by the IDF taking control of Shifa Hospital, whether they've lost their command control structure, because that seems to have been the heart of all of the activities that were going on. And I'm guessing that a lot of the hostages were probably brought from Israel directly to the Shifa Hospital complex from where they were then potentially spread out, but Shifa Hospital always being the central heart of all of the activities and all of the communications. Now that that's gone, potentially they've lost that coordination. I'm just speculating. Um, and so um, I just wonder whether they know the current um, whereabouts and the current status of all of these hostages yeah, yeah. that have been put on the list. The list was shared of all of the hostages, and the process is supposed to be that in the evening before the hostage release, 10 names will be given to Israel by Hamas of the hostages who will be released the following day. And then Israel will respond to that list with the names of the prisoners that Israel will release the following day once the hostages have been released. And the moment the first hostages are actually released, that's when the ceasefire effectively comes into force. Um, a temporary ceasefire, I should add, and, and it's mm, just mm. emphasized because the uh, Prime Minister has been at pains to point out that this is only temporary. This, the, the war is not over. This is not a ceasefire. This is just a hiatus, just a temporary um, suspension of activities to allow the hostage exchange to take place. Once the hostages have been released, Israel will then release the prisoners 
into the hands of the International Committee of the Red Cross for them to be uh, I think they are, those prisoners are due to go to the West Bank area from wherever, whichever prison they're being held in. And Israel has actually published a whole process that will be used once the hostages are handed over to the IDF. First of all, the IDF will receive the hostages. Then they will be provided with immediate medical assessment, assessment and treatment right away. As soon as they've been brought to Israel from wherever They've been released. There will be immediate medical assessment and, and treatment for them where necessary. From there, the hostages will be transferred to one of a, a few Israeli hospitals, the names of which have all been um, already released, which hospitals will be available and ready to receive hostages. When the hostages reach the hospitals, they will be met by their families at the hospital. That's the plan. Mm. And thereafter, there will be round-the-clock medical treatment for the hostages in different complexes, not necessarily in hospitals, but just monitoring their situation, which has all already been approved and will be overseen by the health ministry. And then once the uh, medical treatment and medical aid has been issued, it is expected that the hostages, those who are able to, will undergo some questioning from the Shin Bet to try and understand what they've been through over the last uh, 48-odd days, um, and what potentially they could release about well, that would help um, to secure the release of other hostages. And once the uh, interrogation, if that's what you want to call it, the once of questioning has um, been completed, the hostages will then be transferred to the um, care of the Welfare and Social Affairs Ministry, and there will be um, a person, a social worker, who will be allocated to each hostage to take care of them on an ongoing basis until and to obviously accompany their families as well as long as they may need it. So that's an indefinite program just to allow them to get over and to be assisted by the social worker with all the needs that they have. That's the plan that's been already laid out by the Israeli government in terms of how the hostages will be returned. The uh, unsigned asking, and, and in fact, I, I thought of this myself. I wanted to ask you. One of the concerns that I have was I read somewhere that there was a concern about the, uh, I don't know, the, it, it, it just said something about how the, the kidnapped victims are. In other words, are they all being returned alive? Uh, and that's maybe some of the concern. I don't know if this is a rumor. Or if this is something, uh, something more. Um, so, as I understand things at the moment, the hostage exchange is for live hostages. I don't think that at the moment there is any plan to do an exchange for dead bodies. And I am personally skeptical about how many are actually still alive or not alive. And you know, that's just my personal skepticism. It's not really based on, on anything that I could point to, but I'm a little skeptical about how many of the hostages are alive. But clearly this plan, at least for the first 50 or so hostages, I think 53 all in all, and particularly women and children that are being discussed who will be part of the first exchanges, that is definitely for live hostages, mm. not for dead bodies. So if there are dead bodies involved somewhere, um, that may well be for a later date, but not right now. Obviously, we are much more concerned about those who are alive and potentially suffering in uh, in captivity, and we want to uh, get them released as soon as possible. 
Right. Uh, okay. That is. I think that's uh, that's Im- important. The uh, the uh, situation in terms of Gaza itself. What is happening there right now? Well, the um, war in Gaza continues. In other words, even though there is a lot of discussion about hostage exchange and about a cessation of hostilities for a period of time, that hasn't happened yet. And so the IDF activities in Gaza continued without any stopping. Um, there have been reports in the Zaytun area, from, coming from the Zaytun area of Gaza City, which continue. Um, let's not forget that what the IDF has achieved up until now has been largely in the north part of the Gaza Strip, uh, incorporating parts of Gaza City as well, which is in the northern part, but of course focusing on those hospital complexes which we now understand the extent to which terror activities have been conducted within those complexes. Most of those uh, civilians who have been moved from the north and now in the south, but the IDF has said that they have work to do in the south as well. So it's not exactly clear how they're going to work around the civilians, many of whom are currently refugees in the south of Gaza, how they're going to work around that. But that's the plan in the future. We understand that the Chief of General Staff, um, Hetsi Alevi, was in touch with all of the battalion commanders yesterday and has approved their plans moving forward for whatever the the, the battalion um, is going to be doing, their battle plans moving forward. So as of now... Hostilities continue, and in fact, we just had some uh, sirens this morning coming from the city of Ashkelon after a relatively quiet day yesterday in terms of rocket sirens from Gaza, but this morning a few missiles uh, in the direction of Ashkelon and around the Gaza envelope area as well. So um, even though the the, uh, rockets have really diminished quite substantially, um, they are certainly still um, evidence of rockets being available and being used by Hamas. Uh, indeed, right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about something. Of course, South Africans are very, very focused on and uh, have been really devastated by, which is uh, the developments regarding the Israel's diplomatic relations with uh, South Africa. What has Israel's response been, if any? Well, I think the the Israeli. Um, street, the people, just ordinary citizens in Israel are pretty horrified by all that's going on in South Africa. And I think that um, as much as the Israeli government is concerned about the local community in South Africa and the extent to which uh, an operating embassy in South Africa is important for the local community, I think that ordinary Israelis feel exactly the same, perhaps even stronger, about just making sure that we have representation in South Africa, not because we feel the need to have diplomatic relations with South Africa and with a government that is clearly mm. a, a, a supporting no, anti-Israeli government. No, no doubt. Um, but there is a great deal of concern about the Jewish community in South Africa, and that is why the Israeli government and the citizens of Israel are all very supportive of trying to maintain the embassy in South Africa in spite of all the vitriol and in spite of all the poison that's coming from the South African government. And there was quite a surprise by 
the, the fact that this is being referred to the International Criminal Court and some of the words that have come out of the president's mouth from South Africa and some other members of the government, I think Israelis, even though we understood inherently where the South African government has been coming from for already some period of time, but I think that this response over the last week or so has caught people by surprise, um, has been unexpected, and yet Israelis are saying, let's try and keep our ambassador, let's try and keep our embassy as much as possible. I know that um, the, uh, the Israeli ambassador to South Africa has been in the middle of the storm, and uh, Eli Belitsakovsky, I think, has been doing a relatively good job of trying to navigate very, very choppy waters. We know that he's been recalled to Israel for consultation, which is not to say that he's really coming here to be spoken mm, to because mm, mm. we can speak over the phone. He's, he's, he's been recalled no, to Israel to make a point. Yeah, exactly. It's a principal matter. Uh, right, it's, it's to make a point. Know. But there is a great deal of concern about the community in South Africa, and to the extent that the Israeli government and the citizens of Israel are able to support some sort of a representation in South Africa that is potentially important to the local community. That's what we would like to do. So, you know, I guess the question goes back saying how important is Israel's representation, diplomatic representation in South Africa for the local Jewish community? What would the local community feel if that were to be closed down in the near future? Mm-hmm. And that is a very, very, it's certainly something that South Africans have already had to try and deal with. It does seem as though DERCO, the Department of International Relations, doesn't support completely cutting ties. And it is interesting that the, that this vote in government is non-binding, not unless it is signed by the president. And I would think that considering DERCO has made the statement that they don't think it'll serve its purpose to completely sever ties, I would doubt that ties will indeed be severed in the mm. end, but uh, so what we yeah so what we read behind all of that is that there are interests that the South African government needs to preserve. I'm not exactly sure what those interests might be. Whether they might be some sort of trade, some sort of Israeli product, some sort of important technology, some sort of I don't know what it is common common relations that Israel and South Africa have behind the scenes, which for the South African government, at least for now, is sufficiently important not to close the embassy down. That's the way that I read um, that statement. Mm, mm. And uh, I do as well. Anthony Reich, thank you as always. Thank you for an incredibly uh, important week of reporting. Anton L, I did see your message and uh, I have sent it to Anthony. It's a whole discussion in of itself and I'm going to chat to Anthony about whether he's the person to bring us that information or we need somebody who specializes in that field uh, we are uh, but you know i will look into that for you anthony rach thank you as always wishing you a fantastic weekend a shabbat shalom a peaceful weekend and we'll chat next week that israel report was brought to you by the blue agency your israel property is in good hands hi it's barry cohen from the blue agency Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh